This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. That's my normal schedule. Football's coming. Next week I'll be on from 4 to 6. And if you miss the show or you can't keep up with it, go to thepropreport.com. We'll post it there. But my producer Binkley and I co-host a 30-minute drive time show that you can get. It's up-to-the-minute news with our opinions briefly, just to mainly just peeling away the propaganda and the agendas that you get from that 24-7 cable news cycle. So tune into that if, you, if you're missing the show. You can get that at thepropreport.com. But never forget to listen to WSB, especially right now, because they are well underway with the free gas giveaway 95.5 wsb helps you on your daily commute with triple team traffic now we're giving you more relief for your drive a chance to win 500 dollars or more in free gas go to wsbradio.com to register then listen weekdays at 8 a.m 10 a.m 4 p.m and 5 p.m when we announce your name call in and win the first name will be announced this monday at 8 So remember to listen Monday morning at 8 during Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB for that free gas giveaway. And we are right now knee-deep in talking about a story that seems to be kind of breaking and unfolding as we speak. But as Binkley pointed out, it's kind of an event that has been teased in the media. It's basically been promoted in advance. It seems... Rather contrived, in my opinion, a bunch of uh, right-wing activists, extreme right-wing activists, I guess. I don't really know anything about it. It's the Proud Boys are going to Portland to find basically the most liberal city and which to provoke a confrontation with Antifa, which is, uh, from what I understand, extreme left-wing activists. So that's what's going on. The, the organizers, the characters behind the scenes have a public profile that I think maybe speaks to a deeper motive than what you see is what you get. I don't know. Binkley, you want to add to that? Yeah, they chose Portland because Antifa kind of runs amok up there. Oh, I see. So, so that's where they, they're yeah. they going to the belly of the beast, those proud boys. Right. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Well, look, here's my problem with all of it. I, I think this is is not the state of... Uh, a disgruntled America where left and right are just people are starving and out of work and they can't feed their kids. And, you know, that's what provokes people to go to lawlessness. When you have a government that has $7 trillion at its disposal and all it would have to do, its only mandate that it actually has to keep is law and order. And it's totally capable of doing that. And it's and it, it is appears not to be doing it. And the answer from both sides seems to be we need to disarm Americans. We need to curtail their First Amendment rights. We need to give more power to the government. I mean, that is the cry from both sides, both from these demonstrations, mass shootings from top to bottom. I mean, 
I all I would say is I don't know or care what's going on behind the scenes here. All I think is that we have an obligation to absolutely, without question, defend our rights no matter no matter what. Do not let them tell you that events of the day mean that we need to rethink fundamental laws, foundational principles. Our legal architecture does not mean to need to be reworked. It just needs to be acknowledged and maybe even reset. Let's restore the 10th Amendment. All this stuff would go away. Yeah. So that's how I'm coming out on it. But uh, it doesn't, you can't really, one very civilized way of letting things be known. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I've kind of given up on this hope, this utopian fantasy that government can be self-limiting. But I do want to kick the can. I do like to defend the Bill of Rights. And I think that if we were to actually have good elections and representative government, we could probably kick this can and preserve what the many, many joys and wonders of the American experiment. So I do, uh, I am looking forward to talking to Garland Favorito, our favorite local activist who wants to tell us, give us an update on uh, events in the election law field in in, um, a recent lawsuit that was uh, adjudicated. And he's going to tell us the meaning of that and what we need to know. I've kept Joel on hold. I told you I wanted to talk to Joel. It is relevant to the uh, the protests and what we're talking about. Joel, you are on with Monica. Thank you for holding. Hey, good afternoon, Monica. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Uh, great. Great show. Uh, as always. Um, my comment circles back to um, your discussion of Vice, and I think it is relevant to the protests. Today Vice Media, because... right? Not not the not crime, but Vice Media, which was established <laughs> by the same guy who established. Proud Boys, from what I can understand, Gavin McInnes, I encourage people to do deep research on that guy. Indeed, and yeah. thanks for making that point. Um, right, and Vice Media has changed quite a bit from the Gavin McInnes days, but recently they've come out with uh, some major stories that get a lot of attention, which kind of uh, you scratch your head on why they're getting that support, but particularly those aimed at 8chan and uh, uh, the uh, social media platform that's somewhat conservative-leaning, uh, which is called Gab. Both of those have been in the news being blamed for inciting right-wing violence uh, of late. Vice has a, a report out on them, a large report that's being quoted by Washington Post and others uh, as being totally legitimate. But having used both platforms, I know that it's it's uh, completely off-base. But where where they both meet is that... Gab is a more or less pro QAnon site. Uh, Has it really uh, evolved into that? Because I used to like Gab just because they weren't so. Um, I wasn't worried about being deplatformed. I was deplatformed from WordPress. I was, uh, right. you know, so like I thought Gab was actually didn't really lean one way or the other, but QAnon, I have my questions about. So I'm surprised. You think it's like QAnon? Favorite? I thought Gab was kind of neutral. I kind of trusted that they were really doing their best and they were attacked and being discredited. I'm not sure Agreed. about Chan, but go ahead. And I, I do, I do believe that it, you know that part of that is my own bias and what I, what I choose to read on Gab. They are okay. a, a free a free speech site, but yeah, okay. Uh, that being said, yeah. there is a, a good bit of a discussion of QAnon allowed. Got it. And 8chan was the 
only outlet for QAnon to to post. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm on the fence about the, all of QAnon, but the only thing that, that really stands out is if QAnon is wrong, if it's stupid, if it's uh, a figment of an imagination, why are they working so hard to not allow the information that he puts out to, to be heard? Well, here's why would my, they work this my read of that. Uh, this is what I think happens. I, I follow, I've, I have peeled the onion on many stories. I have uncovered uh, that the official narrative is wrong many, so many times I don't even do it anymore. I can recognize from the pattern the stories that I think will not stand up to scrutiny. But when something really hits the mainstream like QAnon gets all that real press, like Edward Snowden got a lot more press than um, Bill Binney, who was a whistleblower. And when you see somebody get that kind of press, I always wonder if that's what they call a honeypot or a diversion. Like I think Julian Assange is of this category that they need somebody with a very high profile to draw off anybody who'd be a whistleblower, anybody who'd be a conspiracy theory theorists to either contain them so it doesn't go out of control or misdirect them so they have somebody they trust and follow and don't actually find out the truth themselves. So that's why I wonder sometimes about stuff that is really prominent. And then in order to make it look legitimate, you got to attack it. You got to attack QAnon. You got to attack Assange or it's going to look like they're being given a pass for some reason. I mean, it's it's it sounds like deep down. Oh, Monica, you're such a conspiracy theorist. But that when you read how to deep how to infiltrate conspiracy theories by Cass Sunstein and all the other documents that are out there, this fits with that pattern. Well, uh, here here in the age of the uh, post Epstein suicide. Uh, it's pretty much gotten to the point of they're doing anything that they want right in our face. Well, uh, that so- I I actually totally believe. Mm-hmm. When you see them doing stuff, 5G is a good example. People are not ready for 5G. They're worried about the health impact of it and the privacy concerns. And the... Right. And the FCC under Trump has is cramming it down on localities, on municipalities. They cannot say no to it. Now, that's Certainly. that is not a democratic process. And we're not and it's not getting any press. Right. Right. So, uh, again, it just seems that uh, the, the government has decided that there's not anything that can stop them uh, or the establishment, I should say. Not, not the yeah. Government, yeah. Right. It's beyond it, that. It's beyond government. And. Really, it's gotten to the point where even there's a, a, a story out today about the State Department that is completely misleading uh, about what uh, two Trump appointees uh, did. And it sounds like some kind of high school con- conspiracy. Uh, oh, the Matthew. Is it Matthew Q. Gebert? Is it possible it's that guy? Yes. Okay, I was wondering when the other shoe was going to drop on that because the Southern Law- Law- Poverty Law Center... Uh, made a stink about him, and it's been going on for a long time. So I'll have to investigate that story. I don't want to opine on it because I don't know it. Um, but the so for me, there is a uh, you know I really agree with Joel about the democracy. They they do what they want, and and the and the to the extent that we think we're engaging in the democratic process. I believe that's so we continue to be complacent. They can continue to get our consent because we think that they need to wait on it. So I believe that a lot of what appears to be Democratic, Republican fighting and stuff is just the show 
to keep us from realizing that they're all achieving the same goals. That's why Trump is the one who's delivering staggering deficits and debt, just like everybody else, and also promoting background checks. The the ultimate social control is going to be labeling people mentally ill who you whose opinions you don't like. And if you don't have a jury trial, that's what the government is going to have the ability to do that. And it's and it's a Republican who's bringing it. So the the illusion of democracy, I now believe, is the true opiate of the masses. But I've got some calls coming. So let's do that after the break. 800 WSB talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We are back. Binkley was telling me we were just talking to Joel about A-Chan and Gab. And what did you just find a tweet of? A guy named Kevin Pollison, a former black hat hacker and a writer for The Daily Beast, tweeted out that he sat on the new ZeroNet version of 8chan, which is in the dark web, for a day and collected IP addresses of all the people who thought that they were anonymous. And then he wrote an article about how they are not as anonymous as they believe. And to me, that's like somebody creating a database. Then you can then label these people irregardless. You can label them as being terrorists or whatever you want. Okay, I'm going to take that one step further and say he's legitimizing 8chan by saying all those people are real. They're really trying to vet. But there's been a lot of stuff on 8chan that seems to me to fit into the cognitive infiltration aspect of Cass Sunstein, which is you take a good platform, you take a good group. And you, I don't know if it's good or not. I'm just saying, like, the even if it is legitimate, they insert craziness to get them to have uh, lose credibility. And then I was taking it another step and saying, as I've been doing this investigation, as I saw the Google thing saying that the birds of a feather effect is what Google was established for, to tell from your search terms what you think and who you would associate with. And then my other side thing that says the crowd psychology on a particular individual is essential to understand then I'm starting to think, and then as we looked at a while back, all the um, ways that these big tech companies are using the data that you're providing to educate and create digital AI that you're going to think is real, I feel like they might be infiltrating these platforms or these actual groups with the way the Ku Klux Klan and the militia movement and stuff at some points were majority FBI and and the way when Judge Knapp and the New York Times talk about the terrorist plots being all mostly sting operations. So you don't know what's where real starts and and ends with this stuff. And the the protests too, you were saying we were agreeing that they don't even have to be big if they're made to look big. Yeah, and if the if the mainstream media is behind hyping this stuff, you're you're gonna think it's bigger than it is. And I'm gonna get your response to it. I gotta take a quick break. Eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On ninety five point five WSB Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, except for when I'm a little bit uh, moved around for UGA sports. But I will tell you that what we are doing, Binkley and I, 
are putting out every day by four o'clock Eastern, every weekday, 30 minutes jam-packed with the news of the day from our perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. And one of the, so we just started this and I've been listening to it for quality control. We're kind of tweaking our equipment and trying to make it as fast and easy as possible so we never, ever miss a day or are late. So I was listening to it the other yesterday or the day before in the car, and uh, I was taking my son somewhere, and he wouldn't get out of the car until he heard the end of Binkley's story about where he exposes, I think it was ICE protesters and the mainstream media that was misrepresenting what was happening. So it was such a good story, and it folds in exactly with what we're doing here, which is talking about the the possibility that the that the protests in Portland that are stealing the show today have provocative elements behind them are being promoted by the media for some reason and I feel like that this uh, ice thing is also interesting because I believe that the attention ice attacks are getting border patrol folds in with the TSA slowdown uh, which all of which might all of which might actually simply be meant to promote biometric identifiers for people. I noticed in the airport the other day, it said, if you come from one of these states where they refuse to conform to national standards for driver's licenses, you will not be allowed to board a plane, even within the United States, without a passport. So to me, that's just going too far. And they're making you voluntarily demand that your state change its driver's licenses. But this is all coercion. And I think it all ties together. And the fact that there's there's media support for one narrative over another, I think, is demonstrated by the story. So, Binkley, what what um, tell us the background here, you know, make it quick, but I want to hear the whole story. There was a variety of headlines that said stuff like this. Pickup truck drives through crowd of protesters at Rhode Island ICE facility. Pickup truck plows through protesters at ICE, peaceful protesters at ICE facility. Every single headline gave off the image that there was an ICE employee driving down the street. He saw a bunch of nice, kind, friendly, peaceful protesters, said, not on my watch, and just (laughs) jerked his wheel, took the car right through all of them. None of which is true. That's not true. Not even close, because there's a video of what happened. Oh, uh-huh. And if you watch the video... I didn't watch the video. The video... Although my son asked for it, and I and I forwarded it to him. The video is very revealing. And what it is, there's a bunch of protesters who are lined up in front of the parking lot to get into the ICE facility where the employees park. And the car, the truck, pulls up, and it turns right. See, they also say that the car veered into the mm-hmm. protest, in and through the protester, mm-hmm. it didn't veer. It turned right to go turn into its employee parking lot at the same speed that anyone driving would go into a parking lot. <laughs> right. And then it slammed its brakes. It stopped the car because it saw there were people there. at a safe distance. Yeah, and there's cars <laughs> behind this person too that are driving oh, so on the street. Can't. Yeah, right. Okay. So and it stops at a safe distance from the protesters. But as soon as the car stops, all the protesters leap up charge at the car, start pounding and beating on the car. They're beating on the front, the sides. They're jumping on the back of the truck. They're bouncing it up and down. If you're inside that car, you might be thinking that you're going to break the window. So So clearly they had been 
told they, what yeah. to do. It's like a surprise party. Okay, this, as soon as right. he gets there. That's exactly what it is. This was rehearsed. This was an indivisible, the cult of the resistance is what I call it. This was a tactic, and they practiced it. They had cameras set up to be focused directly on that, and the whole idea was to wait for a car to come up, attack it, and then act like they got ran over. And the, and the cameras were their own cameras? They had cameras there themselves, but they also trained them to call friendly journalists and have them come mm-hmm. over and have their cameras there and then get quotes from people who are going to propagate the story they want to propagate. If you read these stories, all these articles talk oh. about how yeah. how um, we have all these people who are hurt and injured and going to the hospital, their children that were there. But all of the quotes come from the activist group. I did draw a connection when we were talking during the week on drive time prop but i didn't really understand how totally parallel it was to the maga hat kids where the maga hat kids were really doing nothing and people were provoking them there were people there from different quarters whose job was uh, as provocateurs because it was the right to life march and then the like supposed tribal elder not sure that's a true story uh, or that's not the whole story. He's pounding the drum in the kid's face. The kid did not want to be disrespectful or cause problems. So he just stood there. And uh, and the way the media portrayed it was very misleading. And it was only when the bigger picture was revealed, I don't know, on purpose or what, they had to. Then they made something else out of it. They yeah. made it kind of dialectical, but it really reminds me of that also in that it's like they did it and then they spun it. The whole thing was a staged media event. They trained them to come there to get caught, to get catch people on camera. They tell them what talking points to take so that they can deliver them to the media in a way that will deliver the message they want to deliver. It was a staged event and the media went along with all of it. Well, uh, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Not us. Uh, so that's very interesting. And can you tweet? Uh, your Twitter is at Freedom Act Radio. Can you tweet that or tweet our show that has that in the show notes? Or yeah. how can people see the video for themselves? Yeah. How? The video is in, I linked the articles in the show notes and the video is in the article. Okay. So if you tweet that right now, I'll retweet it at Monica Press Show, at Freedom Act Radio, if you want to see it. I want to, I'm going to take a quick call. And then um, I want to tell people, I opened the show uh, talking about a bill proposed by Senator McSally from Arizona making domestic terrorism, as she defines it, which is basically doing anything in furtherance of somebody who may be doing some kind of crime or planning to do some kind of crime uh, in an attempt to influence the government. It seems to me a setup for... Uh, curtailing and chilling First Amendment rights. And I just want to tell people why I don't approve of federal crimes at all. So I want to give you a little checklist on that. But first, I'm going to give Ray his say. Ray, you are on with Monica. What you got? Good afternoon, ma'am. The reason I'm calling is with Antifa out there in Seattle, Washington, protesting. If you could pull up on your computer a picture of ISIS members of ISIS wearing the same coverings over their face because they're all cowards. They don't want to be recognized, but they want to get out there and change society. There's that's, nothing but cowards, both groups. That's very interesting that you should point out that they do, they cover their faces, they wear dark clothing. I didn't make the connection with ISIS. I do have my questions about uh, about what 
purpose ISIS serves and why it was let get out of control. If you ever read that DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency document on Levant.com, it was Kelly at the time saying this would be great to have something like this that would justify us going in there. Yes, Binkley? They wear masks because on their website, their national website that instructs all of them, they're told to wear masks and they're given manuals to prepare to go to prison and to prepare for their basically their war against police. They wear masks because they try to not get arrested. And this this reminds me of the flyers that were attributed to Soros and those groups during color revolutions and other black versus blue protest stuff like that. So I, I think it's. Uh, it is definitely part and parcel of that. Why don't the people on the right do it? I wonder. Right? Do they want it? They want what? what? I don't know. Why not? I mean, you know, it's good for the goose. I guess they're not planning on. I guess maybe not all of them are planning on getting in an altercation, but they have masks on so they don't get caught on camera, so their faces aren't seen. Hmm. Uh, well, I want to just quickly rattle off the reasons I. Uh, do not like federal crime statutes in general. So I did a little investigation. And first of all, I think redundant laws like that kind of threaten double jeopardy when people can be charged in different jurisdictions for the exact same action. So a crime is an act, actus reus, and a mens rea, which means you mean to do the act. It doesn't mean that you have hate in your heart it means that you mean to do the act. So when you introduce something like a hate crime or domestic terrorism, which goes to the nature of the motive, that's a thought crime. And that, in my mind, we do not have the justification to try to curtail. You do want to prevent people from doing crimes on purpose. You know, if it's not on purpose, it's a tort. You can't go to jail for it, but you might have to pay for it. But it can't be a crime if you didn't mean to do the bad thing and then did the bad thing. That's what it is. It's not about your soul or any of that. Well, all you care about is how you affect other people. It's an American thing from our founding, and it's also like a libertarian thing. And even Thomas Jefferson said, your rights end where someone else's rights begin. And that's it. You have a right to your thoughts. So I don't like domestic terrorism or hate crime when it goes to greater sentences based on what you're thinking or what they accuse you of thinking. And there's a few reasons. One is they use those draconian threats to force you into a plea bargain or to change your behavior, even if your behavior would be constitutional if you had the money to fight it and had the nerve to take the chance that everything was going to go fairly and you would, gonna, you would get a correct um, judgment. Now, here's a, a there's a couple of other things that uh, in that particular case, the, the crime is vague. So I don't like that. You can some you can go to jail for really not doing anything on purpose. But here's an interesting thing. I had thought about the fact that I don't like that the Supreme Court has the power to judge whether Congress's laws are constitutional or not. I don't like that because what they end up doing is judging that they are constitutional when they're not. And then expecting us to eat that. And I realize what what I think was meant, what, what it was meant to be, because I don't think that's in the Constitution. Supreme Court should not have that right. It's not in the Constitution, in my opinion. So what it should be is that the states should be able to nullify unconstitutional congressional laws simply by not enforcing them. And the reason I think that was the plan is that there was no enforcement mechanism in 
in the Constitution. And then I thought, well, then, but we do have enforcement. We have the FBI, we have the, which falls under the Department of Justice. They do enforce. Like when you, when a state tries to make a pot law, the feds will come in and arrest people who are not doing anything wrong in their state. That's a violation of the Tenth Amendment because all those kind of police powers, health, education, marriage, all that stuff, and policing goes under the Tenth Amendment. So federal law enforcement powers violate the Tenth Amendment per se because policing powers are reserved to the states by the 10th amendment but it also provides a method of enforcing unconstitutional laws at the expense of state nullification and i and i stumbled upon the origin of the department of justice which completely proved my point it was created during reconstruction to enforce the 13th 14th and 15th amendments which were ratified through unconstitutional means and some of the states weren't going for it. So they created it just to, just to suppress. Uh, I actually had a quote in here. I hope I can find it in the two seconds that I have. Um, domestic. It was to put down domestic terrorist groups who had been using both violence and litigation to oppose the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution. I thought that was so interesting. That was the actual purpose of it. So I don't <laughs> like federal criminal law. I think it's unconstitutional, <laughs> and it's a moral hazard, and that's my two cents. We're going to uh, wrap this segment up after the break and then make way for Garland, who's coming at the top of the hour. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. So we're going to get an update from Garland Favrito about voting. You can call him with questions. He's so good at the questions. And uh, But Binkley, I think it's also relevant because you've always keep us up to date on what Stacey Abrams is up to. And that's her cause celeb, even though she had one laying in her the palm of her hand and just uh, let it go. But didn't you say she's got something going on today? She was announcing her Fair Fight Action organization. I mean, it's been announced, but they're like announcing the launch of their campaign to stop voter suppression around the country today in Snellville. And uh, is that going on right now? I, wonder. I think it started at two. Started at two. All right. So um, I know Garland actually had something to say about Stacey helping, I think. I don't know. I don't want to get it wrong, but in in what seemed to be a good outcome in a lawsuit he was involved in or uh, one of the activist organizations he follows was involved in. So I want to get an update on that. I want to know what all of this means for the 2020 election. I think that uh, I don't know if changes are going to come down before then that are important to us, but I don't know. I mean... I go between deciding that voting will could actually stop the the anti-democratic forces or that it's too late. But if Garland's still into it, I'll ask him that question. I'm going to lead off with that question. Uh, and call him at 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.